Sauce. time no speak yeah good no, yeah it's been a while um i'm grand thanks this is episode 59 of the middle-aged outlaws podcast today we embark on a new journey adam yeah it's a journey of horror a journey of terror a journey of shock and awe and i'm not just talking about the jim Heard era of wcw <laughs> we are embarking on a journey of havoc where professional wrestling and cinema will clash to offer us the very best from the years 1989 to the year 2000. So for the next 12 episodes, we will be discussing WCW's Halloween Havoc of that year and the supposedly best horror film from that year. Today, we'll be tackling WCW's 1989 Halloween Havoc and the straight-to-video sensation that is the cult classic <laughs> Puppet Master. So there we go. That's what is that is the road laid out in front of us. The the rather spooky, dark, darkly lit road in front of us. How are you feeling about it? I'm I'm excited to watch the Halloween Havocs. I, I, <laughs> when we were talking about uh, you know figuring out what film to watch for each year, and you know can go on so many different websites and it'll tell you a different horror film as being the main one from that year. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, what is this that I'm being told about that I've never actually heard of in my life? This this Puppet Master thing and then news of many, many sequels and (laughs) many, many. And then and then I watched it. (laughs) But I think it's gonna be interesting to see because like the last journey we did was well, I suppose we've kind of done what one and a half journeys, maybe if you look at nineteen ninety eight, yep. which we didn't complete. No, and then Edge, but they they've been in quite your journey is you know week by week, month by month, whereas just dipping into the same point in time year on year is, is going to be totally different. I think. Yeah, and quite interesting. There was a few people on this nineteen eighty nine. Uh, Halloween Havoc that I thought would be very interested to see their progression year upon year. Um, <laughs> some will disappear <laughs> yeah. and, and some will progress and it, it will be quite interesting. We're both, you more than me, big big sort of horror film fans. Um, yeah. So we thought Halloween Havoc would lend itself to picking up and, and having a little bit of fun with the the first 10 minutes or so and then we can we can talk about a movie so sh- should we so we dive into this the supposed cult classic that is puppet master yeah let's, how, did this, I, how, I, how did this come to be no how did this come to be there's a question <laughs> how did this come to be the highest rated film from 1980 uh, horror film from 1989 
it doesn't make sense. I assume there was no other films, <laughs> horror films made in 1989. I think when you looked, you told me there was there was definitely something else because it was something I'd heard of, and I thought, oh, this this will be more fun because never seen this. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I can't work out how it. I think maybe I get how it could become a cult classic <laughs> in that maybe about you know. 10 people really liked it or something like that so it's like a really small cult yeah yeah well that's that's very true actually i I think right let's try and talk through the plot spoiler alert for 1989's um full moon entertainment's puppet master The, the amazing thing to me is that there's a full moon entertainment subscribable uh channel on on amazon prime oh wow where you get access. I think they're all on Shudder, if that's a thing. But, uh, no, am I get confusing Shudder with something else? What's the thing that you've got? Yeah, Shudder. Is when I was looking, I think maybe was the first one on Shudder. Were they, I, I, I'm sure all the sequels are. Wow. But I think I ended up watching the first one on YouTube. Yep. Um, there you go if if you're really interested after you've heard all about it from us you can go watch it for free on youtube (laughs) um i'm not sure we're going to sell it to you (laughs) (laughs) so let's because this was one of the things i quite like a film that doesn't give it all away and you start to find things out throughout the film you know a lot of people just like to know like right so who's the main character and what is his purpose and blah 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 i quite like to not know these things i like a wee sort of mysterious part of it mm-hmm. and, and things start to unfold yeah but i'm not sh- sure that things unfolded in puppet master and you're left wondering what the hell has they, just happened they definitely didn't fully unfold because i couldn't tell you right now having watched it definitively what happened in this film okay okay well, well maybe we can work it out work it out between us so our op- it's sort of split, obviously, it's sort of split, but we start out with a scene with a, an older gentleman in a hotel room, yeah? Yeah. Um, and we've got, like, a sort of a little character. We're, we're watching from the perspective of a little guy tearing about downstairs in the, the hotel. Yeah. And he's trying not to be seen. Yes. We see people who I assume are Nazis, do you agree with that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they are storming the hotel. Yeah. The little guy's making his way up to the hotel room to tell the the older gentleman he appears to be the said puppet master of the title. Yep. He sticks a gun in his mouth and shoots his head off. Yes. Titles. <laughs> then the, the, I was in. I was like, okay, <laughs> right, I get it. This is cool. <laughs> This guy, the Nazis wanted the puppets or something like that. I'll be honest with you, I wasn't a hundred percent sure they were Nazis, but you've just confirmed. Oh, that. I, I thought they were. So okay. if if both of us thought they were, I think it's safe to say that's definite. There's a there's a, a one of the sequels is something the third the puppet master of the Third Reich. So <laughs> <laughs> let's assume. Okay. Okay. So we then get introduced to a bunch of different people whose job seems to be a sort of clairvoyant related uh-huh. mediums yeah they've got they seem to have different 
versions or we you know some person some one of them gets like images from a dream yeah one of them gets really really turned on and like is able to or touch objects and by touching objects she knows the history of it but it all yeah. seems to be sexual related with this woman. yeah yeah um i can't remember what 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 other I mean, the one that stood teller. out. Yeah, there was a fortune teller. There was that. That was the one I was remembering. There was a fortune teller, and and she was like, she she was sitting with a young couple at like a circus or a fair or something like that, and she's yeah. like, oh, your your granny, she's she's unwell, she's going to die, and she's like, uh, the lady says, well, my granny's dead, so she turns to the other one, she's like, oh, it must be your granny. So I thought <laughs> we were sowing seeds that they were maybe all, uh, they were maybe all at it, but that didn't go anywhere. So we've got all these people, and we're introduced to them all. We've not got a main character, really, do we? No. no. Um, kind maybe the sort of mulleted uh, guy that has these dreams and uh, and that sort of thing, maybe. But they yeah. all converge around a hotel, which I've only just realised must be the same hotel from the first scene. Uh, okay. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Or did you know that? No. Okay. But that makes so sense. That, that's what that's what links <laughs> the setting. So they they're all converging around this hotel. They're and they're like talking about some guy. Like they don't really like him. Mm-hmm. Yep. They they end up at this hotel. This guy's died, and he's been sending the messages through the form of whatever various mediums that they are able to communicate by yeah yes okay okay so his wife answers the to the hotel and they're all very surprised that he's, this guy's got married and they're all very surprised that she's like quite a nice person and all that so we're getting the impression this guy's like not very nice person i don't know and it all sort of comes together at a dinner scene yeah like I think you've got, right, so you've got the setup here because all these people gathered together are all connected by this guy that's killed himself. There's these little puppets running about all over the place. And, mm-hmm. But I definitely lost track somewhere of from that setup point what the film was trying to do. <laughs> Should we fast forward then? This guy seems, well, he... Uh, uh, we get a scene where they're like, let's make sure he's definitely dead. And one of these women, who's a clairvoyant medium person, shoves a big knitting needle in his chest around his heart to make sure he's dead. Next scene, the guy's sitting in a in a at a table with them, talking to them. So this guy seems to have worked out how to make his way back from the dead using the puppets. I think so, but it's almost like there's two stories on the go because there's the weird stuff with him and then there's these little crazy puppets running around (laughs) and trying to tie them in with what's on the go later in the film isn't that easy. So what we've been talking about here is really up to a certain point it's all been humans apart from that very first scene where Mm -hmm. we've had the puppets and this is where the puppets then uh, come into the film, we were maybe about halfway through the film, mm-hmm. 
the various people all go off to their bedrooms and there's a couple they go off and they start having sex in one of their hotel rooms and one of the puppets oh, I don't have his name I don't know which one he is called there's one that's got like a pneumatic drill type thing on his mm. head yeah he's obviously no interested in them to get on so he starts ramming his head into one into the lady under the bed I don't know what his name is though there's one called Pinhead that has gigantic hands and is very clearly just a person, but with like their head, no, no, like a balaclava one or something. <laughs> uh, there's the little one that was running about at the start who looks like a little detective from like, you know, like a 1920s detective with yeah. a grey trench coat and a hat. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a hook and a knife yeah, he's got for hands. Yeah. Uh, there's one that its head split into three and all the three bits spin around at different times and then it comes on a it stops on a facial expression <laughs> there is isn't there right there is yeah no, you didn't imagine that that's yeah and then there's a female one mm-hmm. who is called leech woman and she what what is what what is the word for what she's doing? She's like producing leeches from her mouth is what yeah. she's doing. And this is a puppet. So where are the leeches coming from? She kills the guy that was having <sighs> sex. She kills him. He's all tied up on the bed because they're doing some sort of weird stuff. He's blindfolded and he's like, "Ooh, that feels nice." Because when she starts vomiting leeches on his. On his, lo- uh, on his body. I love the idea that you're you're sitting watching this film and you're like, yep, yeah, no, all fine. And then you're like, no. Where are the leeches coming from? That, I, I, I can't take this seriously anymore. Sorry. <laughs> oh, Apparently, I... Leech Woman is in none of the sequels. Oh, right. Okay. Which is, you know, say goodbye to your viewer. I'm telling you. <laughs> I was looking forward to Leech Woman's origin. Um, <laughs> from there, the puppets seem to go on a bit of a killing spree. The various different yeah. people. There's maybe about six people that yeah. are all there. Our hero with the mullet doesn't get killed. He just keeps seeing black and white weird premonitions of people dancing. Uh, uh, like, see, when I was watching this, I was like, you know, um, David Lynch, yes. so, like Twin Peaks, Small Holland Drive, some some really really good stuff. Felt this felt Twin Peaks. Eh? This felt to me like a David Lynch film, but without the quality. Like <laughs> zero thought. It was out there, and it was even the way it was made looked and felt a little bit like that style. But oh, it was it was just a bit all over the place, and not I think in an intentional way. That's a that's a really good way of describing it. Like you said to AI, can you make child's play if David Lynch directed yeah. it? <laughs> and it just chucks various bits together. <laughs> so I th- what I think ends up happening is, so this guy that's resurrected himself, he killed himself, and now he's re- resurrected. He starts throwing the puppets, and at this point, as I said, this 
it looks harsh the way that he's like throwing the puppets about, even though they're killing machines. But I think he's had enough of the puppets. He's got people that he can experiment on now. Yeah. And try and bring their new puppets. Yeah. yeah. But the puppets aren't having this. They yeah. trap them in a lift and they just use all their various skills, knives and pinheads mm-hmm. and fists and drill heads, leeches. He's getting tag teamed by all these different <laughs> Who was left alive at the end? Because there was there was definitely a point where I remember watching and thinking, Is that a real dog? And then thinking this what looks like a stuffed or a toy dog ends up getting picked up and walked up some stairs and then the dog is real that's, from that point onwards. Yes, yeah, so that's our sort of end this this is like the end of Batman Begins when he gets handed the Joker card and he's like he leaves his yeah. calling card and he looks at him and we're like, Whoa, can I wait for the sequel? Yeah. This woman so the only people that are left alive are our mullet hero and the wife of the guy who resurrected yeah, himself and be right. beat up yeah. by all the different puppets. She's holding yeah. a stuffed taxidermied dog and she walks up the stairs after she said goodbye to this guy and it becomes real. So I, I assume that's the setup then for the sequel. She's going to be uh, doing some crazy stuff. She's never in any other of the films. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was the original plan and they couldn't get her. She, I assume, uh, maybe Russo was involved in this. <laughs> Unbelievable. That was it. That was it. For, for, is, <laughs> yeah, any any regrets? Not really. Like, I, I, I feel like it's lingered. I, I watched it about three, af, pretty much the day after we last recorded, which was about three weeks ago. I watched it then, and I'm still thinking about it. Okay. So, it's done okay. its job. Yep. You going to watch any of the sequels? No. Are you? No, just like you, because the the leech uh, yeah. puppet is is leech gone. Woman. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, and the the wife with the ability to resurrect animals. Yeah, yeah. It's like what's the point now? Yeah, exactly. She's like her own little pet. No. Yeah. So that was Puppet Master nineteen. Any any <laughs> now for your final thought? Yeah, any, I, th- I think you've made thoughts? more sense of it than I could on my own at various points. So I kept looking, thinking. I remember looking thinking, well, he's dead. And then I was like, no, he's not. He's back. Okay, that's fine. If he's back, then I know where I am. And then all the focus seemed to go off him completely for quite a while. And I was like, right, but is he orchestrating all this? Okay, now he's got his people. Oh, actually, I forgot that the puppets would be pissed off about that. So, yeah, there you go. But but... Is that why the puppets... No, yeah, because he started throwing them away and all that. Yeah, yeah he, he lost all interest in them. He didn't have the same use for them anymore the the gentleman at the start that appears to be the pu- pu- puppet master patient zero mm. he didn't seem to be a bad guy well, i mean what am i basing that on <laughs> yeah, we, 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 yeah we just don't know no the, there's a prequel oh so we'll, yeah. we'll never watch that but no I don't. I actually, I do recommend watching it. It's only about an hour and fifteen or something. Uh, it went. It went quick. Yeah, it and did. It's weird and bizarre, and if you like child's play, it's absolutely nothing like that. Apart <laughs> from it's got puppets in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your 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 thing about a poor man's David Lynch um, is probably like the perfect way of describing it. 
So it's, it was quite early on I started thinking that because I've, I've watched a lot of David Lynch stuff over the last few years. I need to stop doing that. Uh, anyway. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So join us next time as we discuss Puppet Master 2. <laughs> okay, shall we talk wrestling? Yeah, let's do it. I've got a question for you. Okay. You're going to disappoint me. Have you watched Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega from Forbidden Door? I've not. Sometimes you just you set yourself up to fail, don't you? Okay, let's talk. Halloween Havoc 1989, which took place on the 28th of October 1989 and came to us from Philadelphia, which was a terrible idea, WCW, because they are the snarkiest crowd in the world and they cheered all the bad guys and booed all yeah. the faces. Um, yeah, it's kind of their thing. So this would have been before ECW, whatever a thing, but still, it's that's supposed that just shows the genius in ECW mm-hmm. being based there. It, it makes total sense. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was thinking that it's funny Shane Douglas being on this card and getting booed like oh, as this sort of baby face. <laughs> yeah, when his his big sort of revelation uh, for ECW was happening, I guess it would happen in Philadelphia. Um, on commentary, we've got Jim Ross and Bob Coddle. Uh, we've got our boy Gordon Gordon Soley backstage, uh, yeah, doing some some backstage stage interviews, and a gentleman called Chris Cruz. Also. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with Chris Cruz, although I did uh, accidentally while listening to another podcast discover that I, this would have been the time that Tony Schiavone was in WWF. WWF, right? Okay. He, he was only there for about a year, yep. so I think he's back by like next the next year he'll be back uh, at wcw and i wonder if because they, they used him as backstage interview at times when they had jr but it's it's a weird like i think bob coddle and gordon soley are both like these sort of revered really old school announcers mm. um and this is them obviously kind of nearing the end of their their time on these yeah. shows and jr just kind of being pretty young and new into the role and all that kind of thing. Um, it's weird. Like, I, I always liked old old style JR because he's, I think we always talked about the fact he makes it seem like a legitimate contest. That's yep. that's his thing. That's how he approaches it, yeah. Yep. Um, but he's, he's not the JR yet that we came to know in WWE. He's, he's, he's quite different uh, mm-hmm. before going there and far less I think about the entertainment base it's like a a clash where there's probably loads of people watching this who would view bob coddle the way that we view jr now Mm, as mm. being like the great iconic voice of our time watching yeah um i thought it was quite an interesting mix would it be blasphemous to say uh, possibly like this jr better than no i think Like, I think I've always thought there was maybe a balance in the middle, because I think even in WWE, what he was very good at, and we definitely touched on this when watching some WCW shows, when they put all the focus on a match that's different from the one that's actually taking place in the ring, JR was so good at keeping it both about what was going on as well as selling what was coming later. He was really, really good at that. Um, And I think as soon as he got to WWE, it became far more about storyline 
than mm. than it was in WCW. Uh, but I think maybe it then went too far, like yeah. too much about the story and not enough about what's going on in the ring. So yeah, no, I, I think that's fair enough. Um, I, so we have previously watched the Great American Bash from this year, from '89. Okay. Uh, and that came prior to this uh, yep. with a really good main event between Terry Funk and Ric Flair and, and that story is ongoing um, yep. along with the Sting and, and Great Muta storyline and that sort of culminates in this pay-per-view which is quite helpful to get a bit of a understanding of where things were. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this, I, I don't know if it's I like this era of wrestling, if it's the NWA, WCW, style of wrestling but it felt really refreshing to me overall i really really enjoyed the pay-per-view it just felt different and it maybe mm-hmm. is just a novelty factor but i really it, enjoyed it it definitely feels different there's something a bit i don't know what to compare it to it's almost like you know when you hear an album by like if you really like a band and you hear like an early album or something like that and it's not overproduced and it's just like the music. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, hearing all, seeing all the flashing lights and fancy noises in the background. It's just about sort of everything stripped away and it's just about what they're actually uh, performing. Yeah. It kind of, I don't know, it feels a little bit like that. And we're so maybe used to it being more about the spectacle than what's actually happening in the ring nowadays mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, I, th- I think certainly compared to what we've been watching which is 2005 mm-hmm. it's complete stark contrast to that exactly the way that you're describing there i um, i enjoyed this show not necessarily every single match but uh i thought there's something yeah something pretty cool about the old school it feels like we're only a few steps from being properly in like a territories era mm-hmm. and i know i assume here the um was it like a Jim Crock Jim Crockett promotions and try to think who they bought over or merged with, but well, well, WCW well, Turner bought JCP. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, at this point, I think we're like approaching that. Yeah, I don't think that it's necessarily happened yet. But I yeah, think I think that's right. Just yeah. on the cusp, so it is. Um, it feels like a territories era situation. And obviously, you know who you're not seeing here because some of the big stars are in WWF. And, mm. and we know that from shows that theirs we've watched. But I think it was always viewed that the WCW or JCP, uh, sorry, NWA side was a bit more hard hitting and a mm-hmm. bit more real whereas the wwf one was more aimed at kids and you can see that i think in this show definitely right let's get into some of these matches then um we kick off our first match with what was his nickname mike rotunda the irs what 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 did what did they refer to him as something were they calling him the captain Captain yeah captain mike yeah versus the z-man yeah were you familiar with the z-man I was, but mostly because of Tony Schiavone's podcast. Ah, right, okay. Um, where it seemed he had a bit of a man crush on Oh, right, Z-Man. on the Z-Man. Yeah. So, so I had a wee look, and, and he was in the Can-Am connection with Rick Martel ah, on WWF. They okay. wrestled on WrestleMania 3. I am sure we have seen them 
before I think yeah. I think he left and then they went on to become Strike Force. Does that make yes, right? I think that's right. Yep. Right, okay. Yep. Um so yeah, Mike Captain Mike Rotunda versus the Z Man. What do you think our opening contest here? I thought it was I quite enjoyed it. I didn't think it was brilliant. I thought it was quite enjoyable. They're obviously trying to really put over the Z-Man and his young up-and-coming star. They've got him in against a guy who's obviously a respected ring technician and all that. Um, I thought it was okay in the ring. I don't think Tom Zink's going to you know, maybe become the level of star that they're maybe trying to pitch him as here. Um JR with his given all the credentials about Mike Rotunda and things like that, uh, trying to, I think again help put over Tom Zink by he beat that guy, you know. Uh, uh, you know what? That... I never. That's that's quite intelligent. I never even thought it. that's why he's doing it. I was just like, why are you giving credentials of things he did when he was nine year old, yeah, and twelve year old? <laughs> you do hear a lot of mocking and things like that. You hear people saying, you know, in a JR voice, ah, he was, you know, third best placed in his primary school for, you know, <laughs> softball. That's a little much, JR. Yeah, yeah, but I, th- I do think that's why he was doing it. Um, and uh, also got sight of a pre mullet Nick Patrick. As the referee. There's also a guy in the front row. I don't know if you noticed him. There's a guy in the front row, a baseball cap on. And every time Rotunda does something, he's like up on his feet clapping. Um, And he's booing booing Z-Man anytime (laughs) he makes a sort of comeback. And he actually gets told to sit down by someone because he must be about the only person in the crowd that's into this match. Nice. Um, But he's loving it. But Rotunda basically dominates this match. It's almost yeah. a John Cena match for two thousand. Yeah, quite similar to that. Yeah, and they they play it off as like the the, the way the finish happens, which is with a high crossbody by Rotunda uh, off the I think the top, and the Z Man kind of rolls through on him mm-hmm. for yeah. for the pin. They do kind of play it off as a bit of a fluke, mm-hmm. um, but they're talking about how big a win it is for uh, for Tom Zink. So. They're obviously planned on going places with him. I, I wonder if he's even on the, the next year's show. I guess we'll find out. We shall see. Yeah. So a win for the Z-Man in our first ever Halloween Havoc. Her first taste. And um, it was mediocre. <laughs> but entertaining. Uh, we're backstage with Chris Cruz, who's with Bruno Sammartino, interestingly, yeah. who will be the referee in the Thunderdome main event match tonight um just to sort of clarify what a thunderdome match is adam could you do that for me please i mean i could try <laughs> but like even when we get to it i was still looking thinking what the fuck is this um a there's a, a there's a cage a and there's some stuff and there's ropes there's trees yeah there's all sorts of stuff hanging from the cage that they can get and use uh, but the 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 sort of I think key takeaway is that the match ends by the designated manager from one of the two teams throwing in the towel and, and what were they described as? I'm trying to remember Terminators yeah why were they described as Terminators? <laughs> Because they're terminating the match by throwing <laughs> throwing the white towel, but Terminator would make it sound like they're gonna like yeah. roll through with a 
AK-47 and start... Yeah, when, when it was first mentioned, I immediately went to, like, there was a wee while where WCW TV had Robocop on it, and I thought, is the Terminator gonna... <laughs> <laughs> Pull up on his motorbike. Is he, is he gonna be here? Sarah Connor. I thought Arnie was, like, a strictly WWE guy, but... <laughs> But uh, no such luck. So there's no pinfalls, there's no submissions, but there's a guest ref. Yeah. And that's Bruno Sammartino. And I think they're saying that they need a man of his stature to be able to control the Thunderdome because it's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't... uh, he's, He's got a bit of a not harmonious history with Vince, hasn't he? So mm. I assume uh, Bruno Sammartino's quite enjoying being on a, a rival's pay-per-view. The funny thing is he left, from what I've read, he left WWF because of the kind of cartooning up of okay. the WWF product. And here he is a guest ref in like an, an electrocuting yeah. steel cage match <laughs> with Terminators. Yeah. I forgot about the electric part and then I remember when the match started because, yeah, we'll, we'll get there, but I remember thinking exactly which bit of this is supposed to be electric, but yeah. anyway. So back in the ring, we've got a six-man tag. We've got the Midnight Express with Jim Cornette and Dr. Death Steve Williams versus the Samoan SWAT team and the Samoan Savage. Um, it seems like, well, certainly... Dr. Death is a gigantically over baby face. I always thought that Midnight Express and Cornette were heels, but they seem to be playing faces here. Mm-hmm. Um, and your Simone SWAT team are your, are your heels. What do you think? I, I enjoyed this. Like, I'd, it's they're all like, you know, Midnight Express are this sort of well, well-oiled tag team, and I think Dr. Death is kind of the, the X factor working with them as the massive aggressive uh, just the wild card of a yeah. man and uh i think he gets quite a reaction as well though i think they're they're uh, the crowd are into him yeah yeah right? definitely and, um, and then you've got the the Simone swat team who like i remember the um in the wwf days of seeing like these Samoan teams uh, appearing and just thinking they were totally wild, you know, mm. no, no pun intended, but mm. um, like the crazy athletic, but massive and thick and built and, and all that. And they sort, of, they sort of defy the size of, yeah, the size that they are, the way that they move. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed this. It's very physical. It's very aggressive. Um and I, I I was enjoying some of the cornet behaviour around the ring and things like that. It kind of I don't know lightens it a little bit to some mm. extent, but not too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. This and if I compare this in my mind to like this match to this sort of equivalent WWF matches of the time, this definitely felt like a step up in aggression and physicality. Yeah. No, I agree. I love watching these Simone teams. Hedge, whether it be Hedge, well, this is the Hedge Drinkers, yeah, Simone yeah. SWAT team. Um, we talked about what were they called? Three Minute Warning. Just mm-hmm. the way that I never, I was never a fan of Rikishi. I, I know Rikishi is in this team, but in the different mm-hmm. guys, um, never a huge fan of Rikishi. But the way that these guys, he's always he's a bit slimmer here. If mm-hmm. that, 
as possible. Yep. Uh, anyway, the thing that I really liked about this is it wasn't a quite uh, a cookie-cutter match. It wasn't just as soon as we get a hold of the weak link, let's isolate them and we'll tease a few hot tags. There was quite a lot of back and forth before, yeah, it did eventually mm-hmm. settle into that. Yeah, um, I think it was Bobby Eaton ends up getting isolated for a short time. Yes. Um, but we yep. get hot tags almost right at the start of the match with, with Dr. Death going wild a couple mm-hmm. of times at least. Um, and I think that's a good way of showing you like his potential to do that later when he does get the hot tag. So yeah. I, I like that aspect of it. Um, it's a little bit of a funky finish, but a lot of the stuff that's going on is, is great physical, like you say, and I, th- I think that was what was attracting me to it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they played it uh, sort of in, in quite some of the psychology in quite a straightforward way, even though the match wasn't cookie cutter in that they had the um, the uh, Samoans seeming pretty intimidated by Dr. Death, but yeah. not at all by the Midnights. They, they, yeah. they very much wanted to just keep the match with them and the Midnights, and they were running scared to Dr. Death to some extent. J.R., has always loved Dr. Death. I mean, I wasn't oh. sure if this was a later day thing, but no, that's right his, from the start. That's his boy from birth, I think. Oh, yeah, that's his boy. Yeah. <laughs> this is 1989. It's crazy to think they brought him in in 1999 for the Brawl for All. Is that when it was? Yeah, because 10 years later, this... they saw that that might be a, 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 a shooting off point for him. Yeah, because this Dr. Death. Absolutely. Like you if you put him in WWF at the time and you have him just wrecking people, that is it's like Goldberg. A, yeah. Like a, yeah. a better Goldberg. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, 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 like we were texting back and forth. You'd already watched it. I was watching it at the time and I was saying this put Doctor Death in, in WWF and have him run over Hogan, he'd, mm-hmm. he'd be massive. Yeah. Yeah. And he would have come in and come across quickly, I think, as a legitimate threat mm-hmm. to Hogan I'm sure he could have had a you know I, I was going to be harsh on the Wrestlemania match but you know you've got Warrior doing some similar stuff and not as convincingly as what Dr. Death could have done they could have had longer matches and things like that you know yeah uh, th- uh, that is what he is he's like a a much better upgraded version of Warrior mm-hmm. where he's able to look at the crowd and engage with them yeah uh, and the crowd can see his, his facial expressions that don't involve growling or yeah. talking about what was that word that he made up for? And it wasn't a fortitude, but it was one. Um, yeah, I can't remember now, but I know what you mean. <laughs> anyway, uh, we get a sort like I said, we get a sort of funky finish. Cornet um, gets in the ring as the Samoans manager Oliver Humperdinck. Yeah. Also, he's, he's known as the the great big Kahuna here or something like that. Yeah. Um, I thought it was Lou Albano. He really looked like him, but it wasn't. Um, he gets in the ring. Cornette whacks him with the racket, but as Cornette is hitting him with the racket, Stan Lane collides with Cornette, and he gets rolled up by one of the Simones for the yeah. three count. And I've got here the bloodline one. It is, fu- it is funny that they're doing something called the bloodline these days. They could have been do- they could this could could have been the longest dynasty in wrestling yeah. history. Yeah, like on screen as well as off screen. Um, but I enjoyed it as well. It went quite long. Yeah, I don't know how long because it, it's one of those good ones that I don't think it felt like it was going too long. Um, mm-hmm. It was great. You were quite engaged with it 
Um, but yeah, I can believe it was quite a long match. So we're backstage, and I think I remember us talking about this when we watched American Bash that they go back and forward quite a lot, but not yeah. in a sort of jarring way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've got Gordon Solis with Gary Hart and Terry Funk. Uh, and uh, what's his name? Gary Hart's quite a good talker. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think he was one of their sort of staples as a manager for quite a long time, yeah. a heel manager. And the Funker is wanting to start the 10,000 watt boogie with Flair and Sting, he says. And he's yep. just as crazy as you think he, he, oh, is, yeah. he would be. Yep. <laughs> he's good, like, really good. Um, what we got next? Oh, a not so good match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have got the Cuban assassin. He yeah. is wearing cat, uh, sort of combat colored trousers. Um, he's taken on Wildfire Tommy Rich. I felt like that was, like, this is maybe just me. That nickname, Wildfire. <laughs> oh, right, I mean, sorry. I, I just felt like Tommy Rich was instantly boring. Mm-hmm. Um, Cuban assassins, obviously, a ridiculous, you know, stereotype. <laughs> what did they say that. that he used to go? He used to go by. I can't remember. They said uh, Guevara or something like that. Yeah, um, um, but yeah, I, t- Tommy Rich was just one of those guys that I was like, that I, I don't like to use the word too much superstar but like to me he was immediately just a guy like that, that there's there's never going to be anything massively like behind tommy rich you, you're not going to get like a yes chant to put tommy rich in a main event it's <laughs> it's just it's just a guy and i was immediately underwhelmed and oh, this this oh. was i think the the thing i enjoyed least on this Card. I felt a wee bit of shame for the Cuban assassin because he was just kind of throwing himself about for Tommy Rich and he yeah. was not, it wasn't great at all. I like, yeah, the, the, I was going to say the best thing you can say about it, but maybe the worst thing about it was the finish of Luthes Press. Yeah. A very poorly done Luthes Press. It wasn't even well executed. I like how GR says the Luthes Press, which was patented by Luthes. <laughs> The, yeah. I mean, the, there is one thing I, I do often quite like when I go back and watch some of these older shows is, you know, not every match is one with a finisher move. Um, some moves that are just in the rotation now were moves that would win a match in the yeah. past and could be again if they, you know, put the focus on them Stay properly. Protected finishers, yep. Yeah, but... Um, Maybe, maybe if it had been well executed, it looked like it had a bit of zip behind it or something like that. But it's like, oh, that's it, is it? <laughs> okay, yeah, just sort of run. It's equivalent to someone sort of running and jumping on someone's back for a piggyback. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just fell over. <laughs> oh well. From from <laughs> with the word milk toast, milk milk toast uh, apply to to Tommy Rich? You don't know. Is that a word? I, I, I don't know. Okay, maybe it is, and I don't know it. Here's an incredible. Here's a different word from an incredibly vanilla Tommy okay. Rich to Gordon Soley with the Freebirds backstage, and I've got here that Michael PSAs spews utter nonsense. <laughs> it does, and somehow it he works. gets away with it. Yeah, 
I'm imagining somebody else delivering the exact same style of promo and it'd just be awful, but I don't know. It works. Right, help me out with the other member. Is it is it Garvin or is Jimmy it... Garvin. Yeah. And who's yeah, the other Jimmy one that's in the Freebirds? Oh eh... He was in ECW, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh man. Terry It'll... Gordy. That's it. And he was he was a really big guy. I yes, think. but I always, I think I always think Garvin's Gordy and Gordy's Garvin. Right. So, yeah. So this was Garvin. You're right. Yeah. Um, I like, I like both of them. I liked the last time. Do you remember they had a, um, what is the word? The big cell match. <laughs> war games. They had a war games match. Oh yeah. The, the free birds were in. Yes. Um, and Hayes was like complaining that he didn't, didn't want to get. Do I have to go in and all that sort yeah. of stuff? That, that was yeah. good fun. Um. Yeah, how 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 would you expect the Freebirds to get booed after they've just cut that promo? Yeah, they're brilliant. They're really yeah. really good. Yeah. Uh, so they are the NWA Tag Team Champions. They're taking on the Dynamic Dudes, um, who we have seen before and we thought were hilarious and not in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John Laurinaitis and Shane Douglas in this sort of, if you could describe them in a word, it'd probably be cowabunga. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That fits. <laughs> Yeah, but like, was, yeah. Sorry, when we saw them before, was Jim Cornette with them, or is this no. something they're just trying to see yeah. if they can get some? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I was saying that to you because no, they definitely weren't with them. I don't know if you remember they took on the skyscrapers the last time we saw them. Oh yeah. And they came Much. out and they were carrying skateboards. Yeah. Uh, they've got sunglasses on. They're wearing bright colours. They give their sunglasses to someone, a, a, a little boy in the crowd. Yeah, and then they threw a frisbee back and forward, like <laughs> extreme. Yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it just it's so gimpy, oh. especially when they're taking on the freebirds and the freebirds coming out to this rock music, and they're like so charismatic when they're coming out. Yeah, immediately the crowd are on their back, um, yeah. booing dynamic dudes. Blornite is pretty good in the ring. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I suspect I've only seen him the, t- the two times we've seen the dynamic dudes, because I think a lot of his career might have been in Japan. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I assume Shane Douglas is pretty young here? I think so, right? Um, and I don't think he's... You know, I think we both really enjoyed what he became in ECW. Um mm-hmm. Franchise. Yeah, it doesn't based on that and how he sort of embraced that. This this feels like a very awkward fit, right? Yeah, so bizarre. And cornet with them doesn't work. Doesn't fit either. No, no. Cornet's yeah. just kind of baby facing it, smiling at the crowd and all that sort of stuff. It's just it's yeah. all it's pretty weird. Yeah, um, yeah it's not like I, I don't think they were ever going to win the titles from the Freebirds. No, um, uh, the Freebirds. I think Hayes is probably the promo guy. Garvin's the the worker in the ring. Yeah, I think fair. that was always the way. And uh, Gordy was the um, the muscle. The, the, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it was quite a good balance. I think they always played to the fact that he's maybe couldn't wrestle is harsh. I, th- I think he could. He's just not at the level of um, of uh, Jimmy Garvin, who's mm-hmm. who's a good worker. Yeah, and this we're talking about cookie cutter um, formulas. This 
this one does follow that, and the Freebirds end up isolating Johnny Ace. But like, if he start at, at any time, if if he starts trying to mount a comeback, the fans just boo it. Yeah, <laughs> the fans are yeah. not having any of it at all. They eventually gets a really cold tag to Douglas. Uh huh. They don't build up to it or anything. They're just like, oh shit! Like, like let's get him in, uh-huh. see if we can change things. The crowd are not buying it at all. Um. And and the finish for this I thought was pretty similar to the first match. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. Yeah, because it's a it's an attempted that they're both trying to suplex. Is it Garvin? Um, yes. And Hayes is on the outside and grabs. I think it's Johnny Ace's. Yeah, pulls his legs. Yep, and then he Garvin lands on. Is it Douglas? He lands on. Aye. Yeah, for the the pin. To, to retain it, it was a bit of a a weak finish because I, th- I think you know based on where we are maybe maybe the company weren't ready to write off the dudes but it felt like you could have given the freebirds a pretty comprehensive win there and mm-hmm. just move on yeah 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 but with i suppose they have to finish it that way for the heels because if you give them the queen finish then the crowd probably goes mad you know pops, well, yeah pops yeah. big for it yeah, um but yeah, no, the greatest of matches. Certainly, the, the previous tag match was better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Talking of tag matches and talking of promo legends, we go backstage. I think we're with Chris Cruz. He's with the Steiner brothers. Yeah. Adam. Yeah. We've seen many a, a Scott Steiner promo where it seems like he's just putting words in front of each other. Much like mm-hmm. Tito Ortiz used to do, you never know what, what was going to come out of his mouth. But my God, Scotty says it's time for total reckless a band. Just a band. Just yep. a band. There's no need yep. for the on. Um, and he seems to be suggesting that they're going into a no rules match, but that is absolutely no, not the case. Yeah, no. When there's no <laughs> rules, you're playing our ball game, and it's our game. <laughs> And that's the end of the sentence. And you know, I'd always thought as well that the Steiners were, you know, that they, they, they had the whole thing of they've got the, you know, the college jackets and all that. They are mm-hmm. skilled wrestlers, so I don't know why no rules would be their domain. Ball game, but, but there are rules anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. And they're facing a team that they have no. They don't know anything about. They're facing doom that they have absolutely no idea about. But they do know their manager or their valet or whatever woman um, who originally came on the scene as a fan of Rick Steiner. Don't know if you know this. She came on the scene as a fan of Rick Steiner. uh, Steiner, um, And Scott was getting annoyed because she was distracting Rick during matches. She then turned sort of vampy um, and gothic looking and all this and she was saying that her name was Woman um, and she'd said to the Steiners you're going to meet your doom at Halloween Havoc um, so Chris Cruz asks Rick Steiner what he thinks about it all and uh, the only thing I know, he says a lot of words, I've no idea what he says <laughs> he says, I see that woman, she's going to get, oh and he does a sort of thrust in motion <laughs> yeah, I mean I had a feeling that I knew what he was meaning, but <laughs> I, I then thought maybe maybe he doesn't know what he's meaning. It's it's fine. Uh, 
like yeah. this version of Rick Steiner. Though. Yeah, he's nuts. I mean, he's mm. just absolutely nuts, and it kind of works. Aye, no, it definitely does. You kind of just want Scott to be the sort of the 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 jockey athlete, uh-huh. who's, and like you've but, already got the crazy. Yeah, brother. you don't. Yeah, need just let Scott be the straight man. Just Aye. let him. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, not in his nature. <laughs> It's great. Imagine being, imagine giving someone from eighty nine a time machine and, and letting them watch the final nitro, and they're like, "Is that Scott Steiner?" <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, <laughs> the, ro- the guy that can't walk. And I had one of those moments because I, I didn't watch. There was a big period of time where I didn't watch anything WCW, and then started watching again. And I had just known him as the guy in the tag team and the smaller guy in the tag team, the <laughs> agile one, yeah, he had the muscles, but he wasn't ridiculous. And then, you know, put it on and see the the uh, big papa pump and you're like, what, what is this? Where's the mullet? What is the size? <laughs> what are those muscles? Oh, Amazing. They kind of freak me out, those muscles. Oh, uh, muscles on muscles. Yeah. Um, Going back to your so so we've so the next match is we've got the Steiner brothers versus Doom, um, with women and Doom are Butch Reed and Ron Simmons, um, they're we're, they're not referred to by name or anything like that. They're, I think they're referred to as Doom One and Doom Two or, yeah, or something right. like that. Yeah, um, two massive guys. They've got on these executioner type masks um, yep. that you can't see. You can only see their mouths pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, black. Um, black masks and their look is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's We're great. And there's, there's a really good contrast between the two teams. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, the Steiners still, even though Rick's nuts and Scott's well on his way, they're they're <laughs> jocks. You you kind of know who and what they are instantly. Um, and these guys, there's that bit of mystery, and there's women leading them, and you're like, don't really know anything about them as individual personalities who they are where they mm-hmm. came from or anything like that um I, I i like the presentation i mean it's very maybe very much of his its time but i think it worked i think they for me although i knew who they were they they got over as a team as oh, this definitely. team I, yeah they were they were quite um given that they're both wearing the same masks they're both wearing the same trousers and all that it comes mm-hmm. across like a presentation of a team a yep. unit um and they're massive as mm-hmm. well as big as you've seen ron simmons for yeah probably yep. um was this his was this how he started it off in wcw I've, I've got like a vision of him wearing like a daft helmet but is that in WWF? that's when he first came into wwf oh, yeah yeah okay so I, I know that he was young here but I, I guess this is a sort of introduction i think so yeah because he, he'll Butch, go on. Streets a bit of a territories. Yeah, yeah. I think he'd been around quite a while, and I think maybe pairing them up was a way of um, Simmons sort of learning from right. from Butch Reed. Because um, Simmons, what a couple of years down the line, is going to be a world champion in WCW. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I I loved this match. I think I takes it time. I loved the mm-hmm. physicality. It felt like proper wrestling. Yeah, um, I don't know else how to describe it. I, I loved it. It's so physical. Yeah, you it feel was like good. they're just laying everything in. Yeah, and you've got the like agility 
of the Steiners as well, particularly uh, Scott. You know, with his he loves uh what they call it Frankensteiner. Frankensteiner, yeah. Um, so you've got that sort of contrast to so much physicality going on in the ring that is just like strength, pure strength from the Doom side. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this was this was really good fun. I was thinking when this was starting. I've definitely seen these teams have a match before, and I think it was like some pay-per-view where it was like a tournament and you got points for wins, and I think they, they, they faced off uh, as teams in that tournament. Um, I can't remember when it would have been, but there was a tag tournament and a single wrestler tournament as well, and basically whoever got the most wins through their matches won the tournament. That's um, cool. But yeah, I, I, I was thinking, I'm, I'm trying to remember, was it a good match? And I can't actually remember if it was good, but this was, this, yeah, this was really entertaining. Aye, it really was. Um, and JR and, Co- and Co- Coddle, um, they're doing their best at doing that thing that you were talking about. They're getting women over big mm-hmm. time as the match goes on and they keep getting the camera flicking to her and she's just doing what she does. That sort of just stood there with a, sort of a hard face, not giving yeah. anything away. Um, a lot of Steiner matches follow the same format. Scott will end up getting isolated. We get a hot tag to Rick, and he just goes bananas. Yeah. Um, we did get that here. We've got Nick Patrick not seeing a few, you know, a couple of times. Nick Patrick's not seen the tag, so we send them back, and um, we're build building the crowd up to the point of a really hot tag, and yeah. um, I think that really worked. We had Farouk doing a stunner at one point. Yes. That's right. I wonder if yeah. that's the the first ever. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe Johnny Ace was watching. I possibly yeah. Because <laughs> I don't I don't think I remember seeing the move, but I don't think I really thought about the fact that you know those that are still to come along and use similar type moves as their big move. Mm-hmm. You, you know Austin or DDP even mm. they're they're not on the horizon yet. So yeah, I think somebody. Somebody's seen that and thought, I can make something of that. You know, going back to this Philadelphia crowd, and we were talking about dynamic dudes and them just no buying yeah. uh, their shtick. Where it just goes to show you that if you do it right, then the faces will get cheered because the, the crowd love the Steiners. Mm-hmm. When uh, Rick Steiner eventually gets the hot tag, they're going mental. Yeah. And it just, it really does show you, like, don't try and ram things down their throat because they'll just yeah. reject it. Yeah. Um, which is great, I think, but it must be a nightmare if you're involved in that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so come to the end, it's, I, I don't think we've had a clean finish yet, have we? No, Ta- no not yeah. No, we've not. There's been interference <laughs> or shenanigans for everything. Yeah. So women pops something into one of Doom's masks round about the eyebrow yeah. area and he, he uses it to headbutt Rick and, and that's how they get the win. Yeah, uh, Not sure what it was, don't know if, I don't think they really showed you. I don't think they? they do, no. A horrible, horrible thing and surely he injures himself but maybe he's just really hard-headed of course these are mm. giant yeah. men but I can't imagine Rick's got the softest of heads, although no. softest of <laughs> the brains maybe. <laughs> So Doom get the win, but we're not we're not putting the Steiners. There's there's there's. Oh no! Yeah, I thought really well. that that's uh, I think a good example of you're putting over 
a newer team. Um, but yeah, there's there's nothing in this that suggests that the Steiners wouldn't be at or near the top of a card at the next event or challenging for the titles or, or whatever. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Cause, so we've seen three tag matches now. Yeah. Um, I think with another, I with another one to see, and you've got Doom, Steiners, uh, Freebirds, mm-hmm. Samoan um, SWAT team, and the, the was it Midnight? Midnight Express, yeah. Like you, you've got a really, really good tag yep. uh, division there. Yeah. I'm really interested to get your view on the next thing. We've got Gordon Soley backstage with a quite young-looking Lex Luger. Uh, yep. He is the United States United States champ, uh, champion. Yes, yes. Uh, what did, what do you think his promo? So I think he's he's going for the arrogant. Like I I never really know at any given point in time whether he's supposed to be a heel or a babyface. But I don't know that it matters that much. I don't think it ever changes that much for for Lex Luger. But. Um, so I've, I've, from what I remember, he's kind of mocking Pillman's credentials and his right to be in that match. And he's pointing out to him, you know, how big and how important the, the match is. And I think, does he refer to himself as the the premier wrestler in the world today or something like that? Oh, I, Luger. I think it's something like that. Um, but I, I never really bought into Luger's promos. Did you know? Nah. I, I don't know why. I... I struggle, like, for, whenever he delivers one, I, I just, I don't buy it. See, I feel like that too, generally with him. Um, I feel like there's an asterisk next to him, sort of thing. Uh, because he's got the look and the mm-hmm. uh, physicality and all that, but he just, just didn't get there for me. And a lot of that's to yeah. do with post-Hogan and, and them trying to, Oh, Lex yeah. Express and all that sort of stuff. It's yeah. difficult to differentiate away from that. But I think I've got here that he cut he cuts a pitch perfect heel promo. Oh, he's just really arrogant like talk, arrogantly talking himself up like he's God's gift. Um I thought it was great, but there you go. I think those 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 would probably be the most realistic ones because I think from what I hear, he's a great guy these days. But I think... <laughs> that sounds really sarcastic. Are you serious? No, no, no. I think that's a thing. Yeah, I oh, think really? you know, turned his life around. You know, helps people. You know, that kind of thing. Right. But um, I, I imagine in the day he was a bit of a prick, and I think that the um, you know there was always the story about the Lex Express thing, and they, they were like, "Oh, you'll go out and you'll shake hands with everyone." It's like. I want to do that. You know, <laughs> real life me does not have any interest in meeting these people. Yeah. Um, so I think this side of the character is far more close to who he actually was okay. as a person. So far more likely to come across as authentic, I would yeah. think. Yeah. Yourself turned up a little bit. That's what they're, that's what they're yeah. saying. So yeah. that leads us to Lex Luger, United States champion, taking on Flying Brian Pillman for the title um last time we when we watched bash 89 it was luger versus steamboat and we were both like wildly impressed with the match we, we yeah. i think we both said this is the best i've ever seen luger uh-huh um and i think this this is quite similar it's a good match um yeah. you know pillman is a bump machine um Aye. and he's so quick and so athletic and i he 
maybe not so much next to Luger, but he looks incredible. Billman absolutely looks incredible. He's just smaller than mm-hmm. uh, some of the others. But um, the uh, what I think Luger does really well is like from the entrance to the way he actually performs in the ring when he is arrogant heel is the arrogance leaps off the screen. Mm-hmm. It's it's there in every movement. You know, he's he's that sort of self confident and convinced that uh, he is the greatest thing on earth. But you've got this guy that you can throw about. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to be able to overpower him. But they gave Pillman quite a lot. I thought um, in the matter. I thought Luger was quite generous um, in terms of taking a few. A few bumps from him yeah. and things like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it, it wasn't it wasn't one way traffic. You you might think it's the the power of Luger dominating mm-hmm. the match, and then Pillman makes a comeback at the end. It wasn't that at all. So, no. like you're saying, that's true. I, I did think it was very much power versus speed, mm-hmm. and they did a good job of showing that. If if Pillman was able to to get out from under Luger, he was making these little comebacks where he was doing. The various different things I, I, I like that. Um, yeah, I, but you're saying that you enjoyed it overall, eh? Oh yeah, I thought it was a good match. I thought, um, like I, they they always do this thing with Pillman, and you know, it's it's maybe similar to what they've done with a few sort of undersized guys over the years. Is he he never gives up? It's, it's like non-stop just keeps getting back up and keeps going straight at him um, yeah. sort of showing the bravery and the, the courage and all that and you know they they play up to the fact and I've God knows how many times I've heard JR say it about the fact he played nose tackle in uh, in college and then uh, <laughs> got got signed in the NFL and all that despite his size um, and they but you know at least that one plays into the character he's playing here because yeah yeah he 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 just it doesn't matter if he's in theory too small to to do this he's just going to keep coming at you and keep going he was one when i used to watch on tv on itv he was one of my favorites i absolutely loved watching brian pillman i love that brilliant he's one of the ones actually both of these guys are, are people that i thought it'd be really interesting to see how they progress over the years yeah. Um, whilst we're watching these, I guess Hollywood Blondes is after this period. It will be. Yeah. Yeah. Really looking forward. I hope, I think I hope when... we get a Hollywood Blondes, and I yeah. hope we get a a Pillman like post Flying Brown. Because I wonder when uh, when Luger will jump. Yeah. A few well, years away from well, here. Yeah. What, what, what years? Many a ten. Ninety four. Think so. Um, so it must have yeah. been, it maybe jumps 91, 92. Yeah, it might be 92. I'm trying to think when he, because I think it all, it seemed like it, he was there ages as a heel. I don't know if he actually was, if it was all that long that he yeah, was Yeah, he was a narcissist a for like a really, I think, I think as a child it felt like he was like yeah. the narcissist forever. Mm-hmm. But I think it was like a really short period of time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. Brilliant. Yeah, I, like when he was in, and this is probably just based on fashion and style and all that. But he looks better without the sort of pompy hairdo. 
he's got like yeah the slick long hair mm-hmm. and he looks a lot better there yeah anyway. I'd, I'd agree with that yeah um how did this one finish do you remember um we've got where have i got towards the end uh pillman misses a flying drop kick off the top <laughs> That's Luger right, lifts Luger, like, Pillman. Half sells that drop kick. Yeah, yeah. So jump, jumps out the way. You're not sure if yeah. he's taking a bump or if he's jumping out the way. Uh, Luger lifts Pillman and drops him throat first on the top rope. I think yes. that's it. Yeah, that's what leads to the pin. And the, the, I don't even think they spoke about this on commentary, but it was afterwards uh, when I listened to Grill and Jr. He's talking about this and he's talking about Pillman. He was doing exactly what you're talking about there about playing nose tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, Apparently, known that Pillman had all these um, surgeries on his throat as yeah. a child, and that's why he's got the sort of raspy voice. Yeah. And they were saying that that spot, that finish was about hanging him up on the top rope on his throat was enough to get him away. Um, I think that the only thing I suppose that could be more relevant to some matches than others, because um, there's a lot of matches on this that I enjoyed. What I do miss is, see, nowadays, Every single one of these matches would have had a video package beforehand explaining how we got here, mm-hmm. uh, all slickly produced, so you could just dip in and know exactly where you were and what's going on. But you're you're trying to fill in some gaps, um, just yeah. dropping yourself into this point in the year. I tried to do a wee search on the network to see if there might be a show, you know, like a WCW Saturday night, right? Um, that might have given you sort of background because obviously mm-hmm. Nitro or anything's not around at that point, but I couldn't find anything. Right. It's maybe stuff they didn't bring across and put on the network. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. So so Luger retains, and as like you say, it's a pretty good match. Um, interesting to see where these two go from, well, we won't see from here, but in a year's time. Um, jump backstage, Chris Cruz with the Road Warriors. I've got nothing to say apart from classic LOD Road Warriors type promo. Do you know, I thought those promos were class when I was a kid, and now it, they, they kind of feel like, if you've heard one, you've heard them all. Aye, aye, absolutely. Tell them, animal. Is he Johnny wow. Ace's brother? Yeah. Aye. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I, I know that, but then I'm always like, nah, it can't be. <laughs> yeah, no, they are. It's He's Joe, I think. Right. Yeah. There you go. Okay, so we've got the Road Warriors. Who were the main people on the poster for this event? Yeah. Which is quite uh, strange, given you've got Ric Flair there. But uh, World Champion, you've got Road Warriors taking on the Skyscrapers, who are accompanied by Theodore Long and his giant key to the kingdom. Yeah. Um, and we were I'm sure we were laughing when we watched them at Bash, and it was Teddy Long that was with them. Yeah. Very over the top, very slick, yeah. Um, esque, yeah. The Road Warriors come out to Iron Man by Black Sabbath, uh huh, which is just unbelievable. How oh, yeah. cool is that? Like, yeah, awesome. Brilliant. Um, and this is just the proper Titans, yeah, four big burly beasts. What was Spivey's first name again? Dan, Dan Spivey, Dan Spivey. Sid Vicious, the skyscrapers. And an animal and hawk is just again physicality and, and a bit of chaos. This match. But what what did you if you compare this to um, the 
opening tag with the uh, Simone SWAT team mm-hmm. and the uh, the Doom match. It's uh, like some high profile tag team matches on mm-hmm. this. What what did you think of this sort of in comparison to this those? Is kind of garbage compared to, yeah. certainly compared to the Steiners and yeah, I know, uh, <laughs> yeah there was a moment quite early on where I think Sid and Hawk were lining up for a test of strength and I was like ah it's like that is it okay <laughs> <laughs> nah I, d- I think yeah I think the entrances are about as good as it gets <laughs> unfortunately like you can tell that Sid Vicious is class like he's in a different yeah. league certainly he's He's athletic as well as being big. He mm. looks ridiculous. Um, I mean, he's he must be about seven foot tall, and he's mm. built ridiculously. He's got these long legs compared uh-huh. to his body, and his body just like opens all the way out. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I knew it was just going to be some power moves and all that, and see what happens. But I always like the I like the contrast. I like there to be mm. someone in there who can do something of it different but it just fancy fancy the rockers of this era taking on the, the skyscrapers oh. or something oh yeah we've fa- you like that idea yeah, <laughs> I, fantasy yeah. I mean uh, you're gonna have to put the skyscrapers over and sid's just gonna crash both rockers but still i think it'd be fun we could do the thing like where um where michaels gets injured again they could the both of them could just wreck Janetti. yeah um, Sid at one point so they do the whole hawk gets isolated because obviously Animal's one of the best hot tags in wrestling ever Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think that's a wild thing to suggest no. Sid p- picks up Hawk at one point, puts him in a razor's edge position, spins round a few times and just lets him go <laughs> yeah. I've never seen that before No, I think was... there's a reason though <laughs> Yeah it, it looked it looked great from the point of view of <laughs> look Holy at shit. that guy. <laughs> but on the other side of it, yeah, who's who's volunteering at the next show to take that? <laughs> How do you practice taking that bump? <laughs> Jump on a helicopter? <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, it just looked brutal. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, remember when Lesnar used to do this? Uh, who, who did he do that to? He did it to Shannon Moore, I think. He like spun round and round and just let him go. Oh, did he? The F five. Oh. Um, anyway, we get a hot. A hawk finally gets a hot tag. Animal uh, does his his usual the power slam and mm-hmm. big clotheslines and the sort of football tackle type thing. And then because this show is called Halloween Havoc '89, no clean finish. Oh. <laughs> um, we get Teddy Long coming in the ring for some reason. Oh, we've got Paul Ellering on the other side yeah, as well, don't we? Paul Ellering. Don't um, have that wee puppet thing though, which would have no. been a nice would have been oh. a nice tie-in with a film, but <laughs> WCW could have done a, a tie-in with Rocco. He could have been in the background or something. He doesn't come till ninety two, of course. Um yeah, Teddy's big key comes into play. Spivey hits Hawk with a big key and 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 they get disqualified and yeah. Warriors win. A bit of a flat finish. Yeah, the um, I've, you always hear this thing about the uh, the Road Warriors never, never really put teams over and never really were willing to take bumps and stuff like that. I suppose at least they were doing that here. You know, I mean, 
to be fair, the skyscrapers are massive. So I don't think they could have any doubts in their mind about, yeah, we, we can bump for these guys without <laughs> losing any credibility here. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that they, they, they played it as the skyscrapers having, I think, a, a bit of dominance through the match with just, you know, the odd flurry from uh, from the Road Warriors. But mm. yeah, there's... I don't think I thought about it when I was watching this. There's just there just aren't any clean finishes. No, no, it wasn't until afterwards as well. I thought when you when you start looking at everything, yeah, um, and you're not going to get a clean finish in a, an electrified cage <laughs> with Tarzan ropes and Bruno Sammartino's flying about the place. Uh, so there we go. Co-main event um, backstage. Chris Cruz, have you ever seen Ole Anderson before? I didn't think I had. I, I think I've seen like pictures from like you know the the original Four Horsemen mm-hmm. uh, days, but nah. I, I I remember thinking in when I saw the pictures that guy does look a little bit like Arn Anderson, just a mm-hmm. bit older and a bit heavier. But yeah, it does. I was really shocked to read that they're not even related. Yeah, no, they're not. Yeah, amazing. Um, and just. Touching on that, at this point in time, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard had left WCW, JCP. I think they went to WWF. Yeah, they did. Um, yep. I think that I think they left on bad terms. Um, yeah, as well. And then the I think they both tried to come back, and then did Tully Blanchard fail a drugs test or something like that, and he right. he didn't get back in, but Arn Anderson Arn did. did. Yeah. Was Arn an original four? Horseman. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like Flair, Ole, Arn. Flair, Ole, Arn. Ah, oh, who would the fourth have been? Can't think who it would have been, but Mongo yeah. Mongo McMichaels. Hmm? <laughs> Mongo McMichaels. <laughs> it always sickens me to think he's a four horseman. Yeah. That's the worst. That's a bit like Virgil in the NWO. <laughs> I, uh, nah. Nah. <laughs> Tory being in DX. Or, yeah, I was going to say Beefcake in the NWO. But... <laughs> anyway, we're backstage with Chris Cruz. He's got Flair's thing and Ole Anderson. Ole Anderson looks... I don't know what he looks like. He's got like um, a black shirt on with black uh, braces. Mm-hmm. He's got his white towel with him. I don't know. He looks like a bartender or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you've got Flair and Sting, and Sting's just so happy to be there. He's given the impression. Um, yeah, this is proper surfer Sting. This mm-hmm. is, yeah, proper baby face, face paint, all that. Um, yeah, he's, he's he does. He seems genuinely happy that he's involved in this main <laughs> event program. Uh, and Flair's Flair. Flair cuts his sort of usual Flair, yeah. Flair-ish promo. Not too over the top. No. I think ba- I think babyface Flair tended to keep a lid on things a little bit. Yeah, um, and that's us. It leads us into our Thunderdome cage match. Special ref Bruno Sammartino. Uh, we've got the world champion Ric Flair and Sting taking on the Great Muta and Terry Funk. And yeah, like I didn't think in these times, nineteen eighty nine, that the cage would have been above the. Um, no. Neither did I. Like, because there'd been so little information about what the Thunderdome really was or what it was going to look like, 
I thought, oh, is it just going to be some stuff put round the ring or whatever? But yeah, the, the, the cage lowering took me by surprise. I thought they would have, remember, they used to have to build up, you know, we'd have like the Alfred yeah. Hayes interviews and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. for us to build. Oh, These men have been working hard. Yeah. <laughs> 25 minutes. <laughs> but, um, but no, the, the cage comes down. And it's really weird that at the top of it, it's got like branches and yeah. things to sort of obscure your view. Uh-huh. Um, there's a Tarzan rope type thing hanging down in one of the corners. It's an odd looking yeah. thing. I had a note quite early on saying, are we going to be able to see into the ring through this thing? Uh-huh. How is this actually going to work? And then I think there's, you know, there's a cameraman in there, which mm-hmm. they show. Um, but yeah, the, the whole, there wasn't, they didn't do a great job, I don't think, of explaining what this was and why it was. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because yeah. I, I, I genuinely thought they mentioned electrocuted before then and had dropped down. I was like, well, are they going to bring in like a little fence or something like that? Just put that <laughs> up against the ropes? What's, what's, what's the situation here? And then when it all came down, I thought, is the whole thing electrified? Well, they started out by insinuating that the whole thing was electrified then yeah they start climbing it yeah. in various bits and and jr's saying oh no up the top is electrified <laughs> is yeah. electrocuted um and then muta gets right up the top and he does not get nope. electrocuted so. and i couldn't it didn't look like there was a way out so i couldn't work out why they would electrify well the, the only thing is that the the, the gaps in it were pretty big so Sting's whole body okay. was out at one point. Uh-huh. Like his whole upper, yeah, that's right. upper body was out at one point. Yeah. Um, like if they'd said, you know, at the end of Bash 89 is, is the four of them having this crazy fight up the aisle. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? And Flea yeah. was like right in the camera, covered in blood, his whole face covered yeah. in blood. Yeah. Um, and if they'd said like, the ring's not enough to keep these yeah. four together. Yeah. It's, it's for the crowd like safety. Yeah. Let's keep them in here a little bit. We didn't yeah. really, yeah, we didn't really get that. Um, what do you think of the the match overall? The Thunder I, Dome. I, I, I didn't. I didn't think it was great. I thought there were far better matches on the card. Um, you know, I, I I enjoy watching a lot of the performers. I think I've got a whole different appreciation these days for watching back some Terry Funk stuff. Aye. I think he's really, really good. And, you know, Ric Flair is a lot closer to his prime here than he was when we saw quite a lot of him. Um, and, yeah, I, I thought there, there's plenty of star power. You've got Bruno San Martino, who I think gets a really good reaction, actually, from the crowd when, when he's uh, announced him coming out. Um, but I, I was still a little bit like, I wasn't really remembering the way that the bash finished. So I, I didn't. I don't think I had enough of the reason for this in my mind um, because they hadn't told enough of the story in the build-up. So I was mm-hmm. a bit like, all right, okay, these good guys, bad guys, you know, let's see what happens. Um, there's, I don't know that they naturally knew what to do and how to use the surroundings that I, they had. I agree. The, the funny thing is it's a tag match, but they're selling it as a tag match where there's no rules, there's mm-hmm. no pinfalls, there's no submission, there's certainly no disqualifications, and yet they're they're tagging in and out to start off. Yeah, with. yeah. 
it's like well, we'll just follow the rules but there's there's no rules but we'll, we'll follow the sort of normal tag rules but it eventually devolves in a tornado tag and it's not like yeah. San Martino's like you get out no and, yeah you know you've got yeah. five seconds worth of that it's just like go for it there also seemed some I think Sting did it and Muta did it some quite strange moments that went on a wee bit of time where like one guy is halfway up the the cage and I couldn't work out any purpose for <laughs> doing it. It's like, you know, get in the ring and fight. You know, what, what, what are you doing? Are you running scared? Because I don't think that's what they would want Sting to be perceived as doing. Because he was up there for ages at one point. Yeah. Um, and I thought, or is, is he trying to get something to use as a weapon? But they're not really showing it. I, yeah. That's the problem as well. There was bits that were obscured, so you couldn't actually properly see yeah what they were doing up the top there were some times where funk was away up there and he was hanging upside down off things mm-hmm. he was going yeah. to the road i was like what this is te- scary like he seems like he would do something crazy yeah um and obviously I, he's, he's he's hanging upside it's horrible um we eventually get sting i think it is sort of climbing to the top of the where he can jump from on the yeah. cage without hitting it is there a roof it's kind of like a half roof. Yeah. Yeah, because there, there was a a sort of an overhang that was mm-hmm. definitely limiting his ability to go up any higher, I think. Than, than he's he, pretty, he is pretty high up, a lot higher than the than the top turnbuckle, certainly, and he dives yeah. off and, and takes out Mua. Yeah. I like Mua. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of I, I think that I've seen him more than this in Bash 89, but I've, I've liked yeah. what, what I've seen. It's great. Mm-hmm. And I like that he had to use his mist to put out the fire that seemed to start at the very start. <laughs> That's quite funny. Um, yeah, there's a, it is a funny match. Do you know what, what stood out to me? And it wasn't until we got to this match that I realised that I think every and almost every modern match now, people go to the corners and they exchange chops. Mm-hmm. They'll chop, 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 and then the guy will turn it around and chop, 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 and then they'll turn it around and chop. Then the other one will stand there and chop, and they'll yeah, either that or they brawl back and forward. I'll hit you, whoa! I'll hit you, whoa! And we only got that from Flair because that was Flair's thing in this match. Yeah, and in no other matches, and I think you get that, and genuinely think you get that in almost every mm-hmm. modern match. Um, it really stood out once I saw it happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. And it's, 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 it's probably, these days then, it's all Flair's fault. It's all yeah. these guys will have watched Flair growing up. You're going <sighs> to get buried on his podcast. <laughs> Flair hears everything. Anything negative said about him, he hears and buries the other person. So he's he's, he's, he's going to talk about these punks that firstly didn't list him in their top five. <laughs> <laughs> he remembers. He's going to hold that grudge. He definitely is. Um, how do we get to the end of this? This oh, aye, okay. So, so we've said before that the only way to win this match was through the Terminators throwing yeah. the white towel in. That is Gary Hart on one side and Ole Anderson on the faces side. Um, we get a point where Sting ties up Muta in the Scorpion Deathlock. Yes. Yeah, so I've, I've probably not been clear enough in my notes because I've got that Sting chases Muta up the cage, where it well Flair focusing on the leg of Funk, 
Sting, Muta, um, brawling all around up the cage. And then I've got Muta crashes and burns. I don't know if he's come <laughs> off it. Um, yeah. Because um, I think Flair's got the figure of four on Funk for ages. And then Sting is free to start doing Stinger splashes on, right. on Funk while he's okay. laying still in the figure of four. Yes, that's right. That's right. And I thought I thought that might be where Gary Hart says, okay, mm-hmm. I think we'll, we'll throw it in. Um, and we also get a bit where Funk ties Sting up in the cage and the Muta has, a, I don't even know what the submission was he had on Flair, but it was mm-hmm. awful. He's got his legs tied up and then he's almost yeah. like backwards in a bridge and he's pulling the neck up as well. Yeah. Um, and I suppose you're supposed to believe that that might be the the way. But Ole Anderson said he is not thrown in that towel, regardless of what happens. So. Yeah. So I've got, I've got a little bit further down in my notes. So Sting keeps doing these splashes on <laughs> Funk, and Gary Hart is refusing to throw in the towel. Um, Muta starts getting in the face of Bruno San Martino, who knocks him out of the ring. Um, so I think that's then Muta completely removed from the situation. Um, and that is where so I think what happens is Ole Anderson punches Gary Hart as he's coming into the ring and yep. that sends Gary Hart's towel basically straight to Bruno San Martino um, and then Ole is showing Bruno San well I've still got mine so you know he's throwing his in at you because I've still got mine um, but again it's not it's not a clean finish because there's still no indication that uh, Gary Hart was actually intending to throw it in yeah I wondered if if they'd made him if they'd made sort of made an arse of it and he'd like meant to sell the punch and throw the mm. double up in there I mean uh, probably yeah. no and, and that's probably the finish but it was quite funny mm-hmm. the way it happened why does Muta get in San Martino's face yeah I, I don't what, know <laughs> why does he just stop Flair doing the figure of four. Yeah, that would have been the sensible thing to do. Just try and break up what's going on in the ring. But nah, nah. He's he's trying to make a name for himself with Bruno. That's it. He's went and used his mist to put out the fire. He can't use it on Flair. Yeah. Just hit the ref instead. Uh, so I there we go. Baby faces win. That's a bit of a, a bit of a damp finish, really. Yeah, I mean it it, it wasn't like I don't, I don't think matching the main event was was my favourite from the night. I thought that we we like tag matches, you know, traditional two on two tag team matches, and it's something that you don't maybe see an awful lot of in in modern. Even through, you know, some of the eras that we really enjoyed, they weren't necessarily the focus. It feels like there's a big focus on tag teams here, you know. Several big tag team matches through the card, and uh, I think that was one of the main things that I really enjoyed about the show. Is nice. like there were two tag team matches that I really enjoyed. I thought they were great, um, and it's it's just different. It's kind of refreshing. Yeah, and I don't mind. I'm a bit of a fan of mixing it up with the main event, and it doesn't necessarily have to be this big built up um, championship match between. Mm-hmm two guys that I like chucking the, the champion in especially when we've seen the main and co-main two guys wrestle separately now you stick yeah. them together they've had this big brawl just too many gimmicks yeah Terminators, yeah like use one of them mm-hmm. use use the white towel 
thing with, with no pins or, or yeah you, know, like you take away the figure four from flair by doing that or yeah you? yeah and just you know throw in a couple of clean finishes that, that, that'd probably be my main complaint from from the show just just throw in a couple jr's thing was that the booking committee there was too many voices on the booking committee so there was i, I want to say that he said there was him cornet sullivan um there was two, maybe two more with Jim Hurt. Was this Jim Hurt either? I'm not sure. Could have been. I'm not sure. Um, so he was saying that is, you know, Conrad was saying um, it's not clear exactly what you were saying about the Thunderdome. It's not actually clear what the rules were. So when things were happening, you're sort of saying to yourself, why is it not electrocuting him with that? And JR mm-hmm. saying there's too many brains putting things together. And that's how that ends mm-hmm. up. So maybe in the end. Committee. Even the people on the committee aren't hundred percent sure what's what the rules behind each each sort of stipulation are, but yeah. but still, I found it an entertaining show, um, and very felt very fresh and different. Right. Calling it fresh when it's oh, I shudder to think how many years ago that is. Um, oh God, it's like thirty three. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but it, it, it just felt different. It felt, you know, step back in time, but in a good way. Aye, I 100% agree. I would, I would use fresh to describe it as well. Um, and crazy to think Sting is diving through tables. Yeah, he needs to stop that. Yeah, absolutely. Go, go about with your baseball bat, whatever. That's fine, you know. Stand next to the guy that's jumping through tables. That's fine. That's, I think that's what he was supposed to be with, with Darby <laughs> Allen, but it yeah. seemed to have grown arms and legs. So there we go. WCW, Halloween Havoc, 1989. An enjoyable show. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, pu- Puppet Master. W- would you go for a good show, shit film? <laughs> shit film harsh? Confusing, bizarre film? Um... Intriguing? Mysterious, <laughs> cult-like. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm glad I had the experience of watching it. There you go. That's yeah. what life's all about. Yeah. Yeah. Next time, like puppets is a good idea. I just want this is a, a thing that I, I found out was that this guy that is the sort of brainchild of this full moon entertainment, mm-hmm. um, like his own. He's like Marvel, but before, you know, you know what I mean. Um, yeah. he, he wanted this whole full moon universe. Um, and he had, a, his original thing was he made a film called Dolls. Okay. Um, and it got panned, but people liked the dolls. So he was like, okay, so we'll take that and make Puppet Master. But I think if you were a kid, right, and you thought back to this you'd be like oh remember that film with those wee dolls the wee puppets that was that was class but there's no story (laughs) (laughs) so next so maybe some of the other ones i've got like a bit of story now that they've got the characters i mean if if you want to watch any and just let me know if you think they're worth watching do you know what i might go on one of these fan fiction websites (laughs) and write my own name leech woman origin story (laughs) <laughs> oh, she'll end up getting her own film. Where do they come from? <laughs> Leech woman. Right. 
So that was that. So so next time we'll we'll watch 1990 and we'll see who's left for this card. Any predictions on on who might be? I think I know what the main event is, but okay. Yeah, I mean, I think so. You, yeah, I think we've got Sting. Uh, I think we've got Lex Luger. I think we're going to have Sting for all of these, aren't we? Because he never left. So unless he's injured, probably. he's yeah, he's yeah. he's going to be on all of them. Um, probably, probably on it. Looked like Pillman was given being given the push treatment. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I'd wondered about Doom. I just don't know how long they stay as a tag team, but I, I'm I'm hoping to see a little bit more Doom. Oh, um, we're bound to have Ric Flair, aren't we? Because he's he's yeah. not he's not at the point of leaving. When did Steiner's right, go to WWF? Yeah. I can't remember. It was round about this time, probably. Yeah, probably they the might. They might not 90s. be on the next one. Um, yeah, I wonder if there'll be more Freebirds because again, they they're ones that I think they ended up going off and doing like other uh, promotion shows and stuff like that quite a lot. So I don't know mm-hmm. if they would ever tied to WCW for all that long or, or JCP for all that long but I suppose they might they might appear so I'm fairly sure the main event is Sting Sid Vicious so okay. Sid's obviously went from pretty sort of rookie looking in this tag team to like he's been hot shotted mm-hmm. if, if he isn't the main event it might not be but I'm sure based on the poster it's Sid yeah. Vicious Sting, but then the Road Warriors were on the poster for this, so you never know. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Will be interesting. See if things get more cartoony, or if they stay this sort of... Because there must be the buyout within this period. We we must be full on WCW by the time we get to 1990. I think so, yeah. And there'll be... There'll be guys... There'll definitely be guys in that case that weren't on this that are going to be on the next one because they'll have yeah. acquired some new talent you would have thought but yeah, yeah be interesting and film wise Puppet Master 2 Puppet Master 2 did come out in 1990 um, but we will not be watching and reviewing Puppet Master 2 we will be however doing Stephen King's Misery it's been a while since I've seen it have you seen it before? never seen it oh Nice. Obviously, I know bits and pieces, but yeah, never seen it. It's, I mean, uh, you know me, I love, I love a bit of Stephen King. I've just, I've just never. It's one I've never seen. Yeah, it's a good one. It's. Yeah. Who's <laughs> yeah. who's a who's a male actor in it? Oh, what's his name? Oh, he's Some in lo- loads. Yeah, he's the the dad in Godf- Elf. More, more, probably more known for Godfather. That's what I was going to be. As opposed to Elf, but I, same guy. Yeah. I, can, I can remember who that is, can you? I can't remember the name. That's shocking. That's going to annoy me. I, I, I remember um, Kathy Bates, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, I think you'll, I think you'll enjoy that. Excellent. If enjoy is the right word. It's a good film. Very good story. Nice. Excellent. Right, well, we shall look forward to that. Yeah. Keep it spooky, Adam, and we'll, we'll reconvene in two weeks. I like that. We're still going to be on this journey when Halloween time hits, aren't we? We're going to be getting nearer the end, but we'll still be on it. So I think, I think we've got 12 shows between yeah. 8 and 9 and 2000. 
so it's going to take up most of the rest of this year, pretty much. Um, so yeah, the actual Halloween one. That's that's we can make that a proper spooky show. Can we say keep it spooky? Did yeah, you like yeah, that or not really? yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's use that. Okay. Until then, keep it spooky. See you in two weeks. Cheers. <laughs>